We launched the Steelcast podcast back in March 2020 at the height of the pandemic as a way of communicating with our employees and contractors and communities as it turned out about how the UK business was managing its way through the Covid pandemic. Many workers were working from home or on furlough so putting such communications in the public sphere was one of the few options left to us. That experience gave us the confidence to then run three series of Women in Steel hosted by Nia Singleton. And then we decided that podcasting might be a really good way of exploring in some depth the issue that is consuming the steel industry across the world, decarbonisation and climate change. So back in February 2022, we set off in search of industry experts, academics, green groups, politicians, trade associations and customers to get their views and their knowledge about the way forward for the UK steel industry. In that time, we've welcomed nearly 20 guests to the pod and talked about carbon, climate and communities, and we've talked policy, collaboration and technologies. As we continue our journey of discovery, we're going to try to capture more of our interviews on camera for those of you who might want to put a face to a name. Hopefully, it'll also take us to some more interesting places than Zoom or Team can offer. Our next two podcasts come from the recent Construction Summit 2023, which was hosted by Tata Steel with Constructing Excellence at the Building Research Establishment in Watford. I'm 100% confident. And in fact, uh, you, you might say, well, you would say that. I, I've been in that transformation space for many years, that innovation space. This is the most confident I've felt because we've put the enabling environment there. We have the right policy environment. We have the right tools. We have the right processes established. And we've proven them that they are, firstly, can be done. And secondly, by doing them, it delivers better. So we're now we're into rollouts. We're not guessing whether it can be done. We now have to implement it. So the what's been done, which you could argue, is the easy part we now move on to the how making it happen at pace and scale so we can really deliver that was industry giant keith waller talking to us at the end of the 2023 construction summit which was co-hosted by tata steel and constructing excellence welcome to steelcast tata steel uk's podcast about all things steel but in this series, especially focusing on all those things to do with climate change, net zero and decarbonisation. My name is Tim Rutter and it's my privilege on this podcast to talk to a whole host of experts from within Tata Steel, as well as those re representing our communities, our customers, topic specialists and industry peers. Now, a few weeks ago, my marketing colleagues in Tata Steel, in partnership with Constructing Excellence, hosted a summit gathering together many of the great and the good from the UK construction industry at the Building Research Establishment in Watford. We went along to listen in and talk to some of the speakers and panellists about the challenges of net zero in the construction industry and the role of steel as not only an industry solution provider but also as a potential decarbonisation provider. A couple of things struck me about the conference. Firstly, it was maybe as diverse a range of speakers and attendees as I've ever seen in our industry. And secondly, the urgency with which the industry is looking to change in order to have a more positive impact on society. With the seismic demonstrator building on the BRE site, as well as others, modern methods of construction were understandably on everyone's lips. But it was more than that. Talk of truly sustainable solutions for the built environment that encompass the reuse and repurposing of buildings 
as well as topics such as biodiversity and broader societal concerns. There was way too much to cover in a podcast or two, but hopefully the organisers will find a way of sharing the talks and panel discussions with a wider audience, because there's a whole load in there to reflect on. In this podcast, we talk to a few of the speakers and pick up on some of the main themes of the conference. Decarbonisation and net zero, of course, but also how the industry is collaborating through supply chains, the importance of culture, skills and people, and what the challenges are for construction up to 2030 and beyond. It was the first face-to-face conference many people had attended for nearly three years, and the energy enthusiasm was contagious. Not everyone agreed about everything, but then that's half the fun of conferences. What people did agree on was that these sorts of events are invaluable for a sector that has some significant challenges and opportunities in front of it. And that future will be brighter if people from across the industry can build new partnerships and collaborate to build a better, more sustainable built environment for us all. I hope you enjoy these tasters of what people had to say. The first session we dropped into was entitled, Is the construction industry really prepared for net zero? We caught up after with two of the presenters, Rafe Bertram, who's a sustainability facilitator at London Borough of Enfield, and Gilles Alvarenga, who's a Thrive Associate at Chetwoods, an award-winning architectural practice where teams use rigorous thinking and radical creativity to push the possibilities of design for living. So here we are at the uh, Construction Summit 2023 at the uh, Building Research Enterprise Science Park. Uh, fantastic day, loads of speeches going on. I've just sat through one which is uh, posing a very pr- provocative question. Is net zero feasible in the construction sector? I've got two of the speakers with me here today and I know they're desperate for a cup of coffee but I thought I'd grab them before they went. Uh, Rafe Bertram, you spoke first. Uh, tell me a bit about the sort of highlights of what the core message was today for the audience here. I think it's I think it is just about action. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk earlier about roadmaps, about long-term policies, about pushing the, uh, the 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 action onto others. And and I think that's awful. I think it needs to be people need to show, people like organizations like Tata need to show what they're doing. They need to show leadership by actual not PDF but actual products that create that net zero journey and we're using that and we think that there's a you know in construction there's a huge amount of steel involved and I'm particularly keen on getting that idea of the circular steel involved it's really difficult for Tata who is a steel producer to get reused steel repurposed steel not just recycling but repurposed steel and trying to get a way of of taking back the steel that they've made, producing a new brand of steel that is in standard components that can be used again and again. Please brand it. We thought of the idea of tartar back, maybe, or steel with a C for circular. That's cool. Now, let's do that, yeah? And it's sort of, I I kind of relate it to whether the steel is compared to the fossil fuel industry, how we can learn from all of that and move forward 
forward and not get into the difficult area that the fossil fuel industry is in? Yeah, I mean, one of the things I've learned today is this is a hugely complex topic, isn't it? Even just within construction, you talked a lot about embodied carbon in your yep. presentation, and within the steel industry, that's very important. And people say we could be a decarbonisation provider. If we can decarbonise steel, then it benefits the entire supply chain. But it's not just about embodied carbon, as you spoke about. And Gilles, I'm going to come on to you in a moment, because it's about the product in use, the, the reuse of products. And we're here on a site which has the seismic building next door, which is a project which is looking at reuse as well as recycle. But, but um, you know, it's not just down to Tata Steel to make more recycled content steel, is it? It's the whole supply chain together. Yeah, but you do what you do, yeah? You, you are, you know, if you're producing the steel, yeah, by all means, push it to others. But actually, you've got to make a stand and you've got to look at your business model to see how you can change it, how you can get away from the new steel using, okay, recycled content, obviously. But how do you, you know, why I'm so interested in the embodied carbon and the repurposing of steel is because that's what the planet feels now, yeah? You, you know... Operation and use, absolutely fantastic. We made huge strides to that, and that affects over the next 30, 60 years. But actually building, you're building, we're building buildings now. Those emissions are going into the atmosphere mm. and warming the planet mm. now. They're not, they're not warming the planet in 60 years' time. Yeah. They're warming them now. So it's, yeah. that, it's that, by all means, talk about the holistic view of sustainability. I love all of that. But actually, what can each organization, what can each individual do now to prevent that carbon getting into the atmosphere. Yeah, and there's a bigger debate to be had there, and maybe we'll invite you on the podcast to have that discussion, <laughs> which we do. But Gilles, I want to come to you. Gilles Alvarengo, you know, you have a holistic um, uh, perspective on the construction industry. You know, I was really taken when in your speech you said about, you know, not messing up is, is not enough. You can get to zero and you say, well, we're not making the planet any worse, but there's opportunities to improve the environment. That's, uh, that's pretty ambitious, isn't it? Yes, it is. I think the message today here is just like we're still talking about if you are ready for net zero, when actually we should be. And we're talking about 2050. So that's when we should be talking about how can we make positive impact only just not only stop to mess around with the environment. But I think another important point was like about of the communication within the industry as well, because I think one good point that Rafe made about the reuse of material, for example, in Tata Steel, is that in order to reuse, we have, for example, to understand what are the base components that the industry needs in order to, to reuse this, this material in other buildings. So I think Tata, as a steel manufacturer, if it starts understanding and inquiring for their clients, what is the sort of standard they are using more and more, and then how we see this is still being reused in 10, 20, 30 years' time, then we can start improving like the circularity in the materials. And then once we start doing that, the embodied carbon st starts to be less of a problem. And then we're going to be able to be discussing things like biodiversity net gains, you know, like to toxins on all the materials that goes inside the buildings, all the sort of things that we are, we are just, because we are just so concentrating on the carbon, 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 that we are not 
not looking on the whole spectrum in the sustainability. That's like health and well-being, not only ours, but as the ecosystem as a whole. Yeah, yeah, I was quite, I was quite taken about that, about the impacts on society rather than just a specific aspect of it. I was also rather taken with your six R's, and I know people have different models in terms of R's and E's and all that sort of stuff. But your six R's, you know, it's very easy to get caught up into that. Um, well, recycling is great, so if we can do more recycling, that's the solution. But it's there's much there's much more to it. Uh, there's a whole load of more options to that, which yeah, are, actually, which are more recycling beneficial. Recycling is the very bottom of the six R's. You know, like re, first of all, reject what you don't need, like chemicals and unnecessary components. That goes with like the reducing that you can reduce. The more you reduce in terms of materials, that means less body carbon. That yeah. means better. But then on the reuse is where we should be like really working on because like there's so many materials over there and not only about materials I'm talking about buildings as well like demolition should be like a dirt word you know you, you kind of should be forbidden to do that it's like unless it's like the building is falling apart you should reuse it retrofit it and then once you have done all of that okay then we can recycle it. but the things like what I see in the English like they are putting recycling and, re and reusing in the same box like oh you're reusing and recycling 98% of our uh, uh, waste. Like, wait a second. Within this 98%, how much you're actually reusing and how much you're actually recycling? Because there's a big gap on the body carbon, these two differences. Like, reuse first, recycling, just when you cannot reduce, reuse, or reclaim, then you recycle. That's like the message I was trying to push. Yeah, and right? it came across very, very strongly. And, you know, a, a very powerful message. I can't think of, uh, I can't help wondering, it's, it's a reflection of modern society because you know if you go back only a couple of generations to, to you know the early 20th century people didn't consume as much you know there's a whole there was a whole sort of a culture or or, or or way of doing things where people didn't use more than they had to they didn't waste things maybe it was the war generation do you know do you think that's a that's construction true. and industry is a reflection of society as a whole where we buy too much we consume too much yeah I think we're on this disposable era that yeah but I think we are coming from a world that we fought we had unlimited resources yeah. you do you're not suffering with pollution as we are now you know we are not suffering from the consequence from the climate change as we are now so like now it's like we desperate have to put this era at the back and start something new and learn from the past yeah how do we reuse how do you repair it's not like disposing everything and that goes from components and equipments in your building but down to the buildings itself and the seats itself and how we repurpose the things yeah yeah listen both of you thanks very much for joining us. I know you're desperate to get a coffee and I don't blame you. Your message is very powerful. It came across very strongly today. Uh, power to your elbow. Keep telling the message. We're going to go and find some more people to talk to. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks. There was a very clear sustainability theme throughout the summit with the second set of sessions including speeches and panel discussions on the topics of does the work stop at net zero? The climate clock is ticking. Is there any hope? And a third group discussion entitled, Can Modern Methods of Construction Improve Outcomes for Climate Change? After a lively debate, we caught up with Eloise Francis, who's the Director of Innovation at the Building Research Establishment. Here we are, just finished the second session of the uh, Construction Summit 2023. This session was all about, can MMC 
uh, improve the outcomes for climate change. Uh, delighted to have grabbed uh, Eloise Francis, who's the Director of Innovation at the BRE. Um, Eloise, you're one of the speakers in the session that's just finished. Um, some fascinating stuff there, some quite complex stuff in there, I have to admit. But the fundamental principle of modern methods of construction improving climate outcomes is a massive topic. When we were talking to people over coffee this morning, there were two topics they were all wanting to talk about. Modern methods of construction was one, and sustainability and climate change was the other. And this kind of brought those two together. But if we can go back a step, could, could you, and it's going to be a difficult question to ask, but could you try and explain what modern methods of construction encompasses? So it's everything from what we might see, uh, see as the volumetric build. Um, we hear about modular homes, so it's that volumetric um, aspect of, of built, bringing those homes to site and reducing the on-site um, uh, time taken and yep. wastage of materials when we do, from a traditional build down to looking at different ways of procuring and um, improving construction in, in a more traditional setting perhaps. But actually, as an industry, I think we want to move to that higher end of off-site manufacture, designing for manufacture um, by, by, by building it into that procurement process right from the word go, client-led, whether it be private or public sector, changing the way we, we procure and bring projects to, to life. So uh, for me, it's a modern methods of construction. It looks across the whole blend, although there are those seven defined categories which industry have pulled together to help to help industry understand what it is. Yeah, yeah. But it is a blend of approaches. Yeah, and there was some really surprising stuff in there for me. And, you know, it struck me how you at the BRE have done lots of research, which we could we could spend hours talking to, and maybe we'll invite you on our podcast to talk about it. Um, but you look at it really from a sort of a societal impact, not just climate change, but the impact on human beings in yeah. society. And in the middle of an energy crisis, that's particularly notable. But you talked about cold homes, cold homes and warm homes in the yes. UK. Can you tell us a bit yeah. about that? Yeah, so I mean, we're very, very fortunate actually that we've been running the, the housing data surveys for, for government for many, many years across England, and we do it in Scotland and Wales too. And uh, we look at the fuel poverty research too around the UK. So, so for us, it's that, that data insight gives us a real understanding of um, where our challenges are with the housing stock in the UK, damp, mould, cold, but also overheating. And then you know, we talk a lot about net zero actually in this, in this, in this country at the moment and driving net zero because that's the, that's the, the challenge that government have set down for themselves and, and industry. But actually it's climate resilience as well, which is such an important part because whilst we're trying to move to net zero, the climate change is still happening. Yes. And it's going to take a long time to revert that. And actually probably some of it is, is irreversible already. Yeah. So us being resilient as a society in, in our built environment is a real key important factor of that too. Yeah, so yeah, the, da the data sites that we get around the housing stock is a really important part of that journey of understanding to help industry, to help government mm. prepare for that climate resilience element. Yeah, and you talked about ageing housing stock in the UK. Um, and I I guess in my mind, I was thinking the stuff you talked about earlier, modern method of construction, all that new build, and when you're going to set out and design a house or a school or a hospital has been talked about today, I didn't really consider that it applied to our existing housing stock. But you're yes. saying that's one of the where one of the biggest opportunities lies. I do believe so. I think at the moment when we, we talk about retrofit, it can be everything from cavity wall insulation to replacing your windows out. But actually, that's that's done on a very small basis and on a property by property 
property. If you look at it as a system problem, how can we improve this across broad housing um, um, estates, or you know, or social housing, or um, you know, multi-storey housing, multi-development dwellings? There's, there's real opportunity to actually to drive and use modern methods of construction to support that. So panelised systems of cladding on out, on the outside of buildings or in the roof uh, on the yeah. roof as well, and then, and not only upgrade the thermal efficiency because it's that fabric first of approach, but also look at opportunities to improve energy use within the building as well by swapping out old, maybe failing boilers with new modern methods of heating homes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and something that was really important about that is the ventilation as well, because we've learned from mistakes historically as a, as a sector where we've heavily insulated buildings but failed to ventilate them, and then you build up other problems with that too. So ventilation and thermal efficiency are two things that yeah. need to work together. Yeah, I think, and I think it was Ben Carlyle from Mark McDonald's said about 25% of UK emissions are from the built environment, which is a shocking figure in some respects. And then someone also said on the panel about the, um, the construction industry being one of the most fragmented sectors. Yeah. How difficult is it to bring the sector together to tackle these problems? And I guess what role does the BRE have in doing that on, and summits like this? Yeah, I think it's, in, it's incredibly difficult to bring the sector together. I, I've worked in it for too many years to count but um, right from when I was knee high I think really <laughs> I've always been involved with it but um, f for me it's it's that long tail of industry and you know having worked with fantastic developers over my uh, over my career and also gone through a house refurbishment myself and worked with that 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 small supply chain that we you know small builders and the, the difference in understanding is is astronomical yeah. so um, for for us it's about how we can educate the industry, work with government, work with um, the big players in the market too, to educate the industry. It is about collaboration, but we have a fantastic tool here at BRE, which is our Constructing Excellence um, membership group, and led by Ali Nicol, who's helped put this conference on today with Tata. And that Constructing Excellence network with its regional centres is a great way of getting across industry, getting that movement together, getting that collaboration together. And it's events like this which really start harnessing that knowledge and understanding and we just need to play it back yeah. and play it out across across the UK. Yeah, yeah, we certainly need to keep on. I guess my last question, you know, Tata Steel is sponsoring, uh, part sponsoring the t today's summit. You know, we feel like we're quite high up the supply chain. You're talking about the house builders and, and new windows and the insulation and stuff. What role do companies like Tata Steel have in pushing this agenda forward? You are up the top of the supply chain, but at the same time, your products are used across the UK in, in even the smallest of, of, yes. of construction products projects and, and home refurbishment schemes so your products are there and actually the, the, the those that supply those products that, that deal with that supply chain on a daily day daily basis are a really important part of the of the of the process of bringing the industry together um, one of the forums I'm on and I, I'm fortunate to work with is the, is the health and safety executives construction industry advisory committee and that's been there as a way of driving um, information into the the, the small suppliers in the in the chain the, 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 that long tail of the yeah. construction industry and for me that getting that that information down and out there is, is a really difficult thing it's bite size bite yeah. size education and education from all those those um, girls and boys that are coming into the construction industry now to educate them in these newer ways of working to get them to understand that the industry does need to change yeah it's a massive massive topic and I know five <laughs> I minutes on video is never going to do 
absolute justice. But listen, thanks very much for joining us on camera today and uh, and for the session today. It's fascinating. There's lots more to go at. So uh, we're going to go and find some more people to talk to. But Eloise, thanks very much for joining Thank us. You. Thank thanks. you. So Eloise there talking not just about sustainability and climate change, but the role of materials and material suppliers, the need for more collaboration across the fragmented supply chains, and the need to talk across generations about the challenges for the industry. In our next episode, we'll be coming back to the Construction Summit and talking to some more of the speakers and panellists about the challenges for the UK's construction sector, as it faces up to the challenges of cost, sustainability, skills beyond 2030. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you'd like to see the speakers for yourself, why not tune in to Tata Steel UK's YouTube channel, where these guests feature alongside a whole host of other videos, giving an insight into the amazing world of steel. See you next time. <laughs>